Hello, everybody. On this episode of the BIC Podcast, we are joined by a special guest from the Battle of Texas. Live reports from the Battle of Texas. Also, as part of his retainer for giving us that sweet, sweet guitar solo in the intro song, Eric demanded there had to be an episode about the hockeys. So this will be the, the hockeys episode. So we will have that. And since we've got three Dallas Stars fans here, it's basically going to be the Dallas Stars Hypecast and Eric. <laughs> we'll also talk about a few other things related to something going on in week six of the NFL. That and more on this episode of the BIC podcast. That's why I had to pay Eric's retainer. You know, that those riffs right at the end that really hit the spot. And that's look, it was worth it. Uh yeah. I'll tolerate it for 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 that. For those guitar riffs, I'll tolerate it. So, Eric, this is your moment. This is gonna happen. Before we do that, we got to talk about a couple of things. Let's start off first. Uh do it real quick, you know, to cover the our bases here. Uh, not long before we started recording, the ALCS game two completed. So right now the Texas Rangers are up two to nothing. Of course, it is a best of seven series, so you need four for that. However, not a bad start. Mr. West, first, welcome. And second, uh, how are you doing? Thank you. Doing very well. Glad to see my uh, my Rangers get the win tonight. Uh, I've already been uh, threatened with a ban from the Sports Cards Anonymous Discord uh, just mm -hmm. for asking what was going on after the game. Of course. Uh, of course. If anybody could update the score. Um, so that feels a little um, hurtful, actually. Um, I sensed a lot of hostility there, yes. A little bit. A little bit. You know, and uh, my motto is always be polite. And mm. so win or lose... <laughs> Just got to go out there and be a nice guy about it. So uh, anyway, 2-0. Happy to come back to, to Dallas, and uh, hopefully we can knock out two more. There you go. Uh, very reasonable on you. And uh, this is why we invited Wes here, because uh, we do appreciate that. I, as, as a man of peace, I, I appreciate where you're coming from on that. Uh, Eric, you should take some notes. This is this is how you conduct yourself in civilized society. Polite, man of peace. Write, the, write this shit down. Write it down. Uh, so we'll uh, so we'll talk more about that in uh, future episodes, but we wanted to at least touch on it here for a moment. Uh, so good luck to both teams down the road. Um, I'm yeah. in a situation where since I don't have a horse in the race, I just hope everyone um, fights to the death and has a good time. That's what I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's talk a little week six NFL. Uh, you know, the Packers have the bye week, which means it was probably the best week of the season. So it worked out great. Like th this, 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 I think Jordan Love was solidly even keeled this week. It was great. Mm -hmm. um and i got to just watch games with enjoyment so any storyline though uh from this week any games that uh a little bit we talked about a little bit beforehand anything in particular that caught your eye that maybe surprised you or you thought was interesting uh whoever wants to go first by all means well i'll go ahead and, and go if that's okay uh basically watching the this the 49ers lose to the cleveland browns by two points on a missed field goal uh felt delicious um mm -hmm. you know great effort guys way to go uh, but after they uh, put the licks on the Cowboys last week, I was quite pleased to watch that game. And then, of course, the the hated Eagles losing uh, also to uh, a Zach Wilson-led Jets team was also quite tasty. Quite yeah, tasty. and their inspirational leader from the darkness shown throwing. Can the dark is the darkness beginning to heal? One Aaron Rodgers is 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 you know nature healing itself. Is he almost you know is he getting never you know don't threaten me don't threaten me with the entertainment value. The shot in front is strong. Like either way, yeah. this will work out for entertainment. It's like don't threaten me with a good time, Aaron Rodgers. This could be hilarious. It it would be kind of interesting to see if if he would. Do you think they would put him back in if Zach Wilson was playing really well? 
Like in the <laughs> they would, yes, 100%. <laughs> they, they, would take, they would take Zach Wilson out to the back, and I won't spoil Old Yeller for you, but they, they, this would follow a Fair. very similar trajectory. Fair. It would be kind of great if they were like, no, we're just going to wait a week. You know? <laughs> He's just like, it'll be it'll be pretty much up to Aaron Rodgers. They'll just look at him and it'll be like Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> Go take care of him. Put yeah. him in the back. I mean, Zach no, might trot off the field himself if Aaron can walk. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. as fast as he can go. He goes. I want to live. I'll leave voluntarily of my own volition. See ya, deuces. Yeah, uh, fair enough. No, that's reasonable. Um, Bobbles, anything uh, you want to touch on from Week Six? I mean, those two games. You know, you had the the both undefeated there. And they both went down. But what's even more miraculous is they both went down to subpar teams. Like, it wasn't this clash of titans and, you know, the undefeated fell. It was David versus Goliath. And David, like, knocked them down, knocked both of them out. And so that was kind of interesting. And then for the primetime matchup, which really stunk for me, because I was literally 25 points away from wrapping up my fantasy week going into the night with CeeDee Lamb left to play. And I had not only Josh Allen, but I also had Gabe Davis. You would think those two guys against the Giants only needing 25 points, it's a lock. And here I am sitting needing CeeDee Lamb to put up about nine points tonight because the mighty Giants came in there and wreaked havoc against the Bills. Now the Bills questionably won that game because there is some debate about the end, but you know, whatever. But they played like crap too. And I've seen a report um on my roster that Josh Allen has got a shoulder injury, I guess. So that'll be interesting to follow up on. But yeah, it was just weird. The 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 crap teams were beating up on the big boys this week. The chaos of the NFL. I How just couldn't believe do. that you would downplay the the great Houston Roughnecks legend. PJ you know, Watson. taking yeah, PJ, like, PJ I think Watson? it's Walker or something. I always Walker. forget Walker. Yeah, whatever. Look, the point is a uh, Houston Roughnecks legend. Like a Houston Roughnecks legend, that should be enough. Uh, <laughs> y'all should be able to Google that and find it. The the point is that like regardless, it was hilarious to me that is like Neo's new savior. He'll know his name. He bet mm-hmm. he better tattoo it on himself somewhere because this is his new guy now. Going <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, the uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Bakers uh, did not were not able to get something done. Unfortunately, the Lions are looking uh, like reasonably They're legit, and it, it, and it makes us and it makes us uh, it makes us a little sad. I go, I was so used to the Lions just being the whipping boy, and it was so much fun making fun of them all those years. Ah, damn, you're decent. <laughs> I, I won't go as far as to say good, but I will say decent, solidly decent. I think they're 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 doing all right. They're, they're playing Here's the interesting part with that whole storyline because you had Matt Stafford in Detroit and Detroit could never do anything. He goes to the Rams. They win a Super Bowl. You had Goff with the Rams, lost the Super Bowl. Now he's in Detroit and actually making the Lions look decent. So which quarterback is it or is it they just weren't in the correct systems? Because, I actually like, think the Detroit Lions team that Jared Goff has is a better fit for what he was trying to do versus what was going on with the Lions. The Stafford Lions were not actually a good team. Stafford has moments. Like he was he's a decent quarterback, but it's like you you kind of knew what you had. It wasn't Stafford wasn't good. I went to a game in Ford Field and I literally mocked the Lions fans to their face while I'm sitting there going like, "Hey, that was a great throw by him. That pylon almost caught it." 
It was great. Uh, and it's again, not that Stafford is a bad quarterback, certainly not, but it, it, he needed the right people around him to do what he could do. And it's the same thing with Goff. So it's a situation where both guys are, are better off probably where they are right now with the teams they actually are with now. And both guys are probably a lot happier. They're both doing pretty well, so. So I would definitely, I, th- that's definitely the direction that I would go with that. Is I think it's just the wrong place, wrong time, and now both guys are in a better respective situation for what it is they can bring to the table. I think that's fair. Uh, Eric, uh, anything, uh, we, we pretty much decided we're not going to talk about the Patriots anymore, so you're good? My, uh, <laughs> my, my wife bought me M&Ms today. But that right there, that might be the highlight of the Patriots season. I think, that's, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think good M&Ms are my favorite, and they yeah. come in red. And, nice. Uh, and they come in orange. Fantastic. Brown. This is scintillating content. Blue. There and is an the, audio version too. I'm glad that you at least named the colors. Uh, <laughs> I feel so, I feel better. Um, I really like peanut M and M's, and I I think it's great that she she got me some today. That was a that's sizzling hot take by you. Very Thank you. very kind of her. That was very nice. Very I nice. I think that's the first time you've said anything nice. Or about your wife. <laughs> He's changed on the, on the show, like not not ever, but on the show anyway. We're five percent more mature on the show. <laughs> As he keeps chewing M and M's for the audio listener, Eric is now chewing his uh, peanut M and M's. So you know that adds an element to it. All right, let's get Eric back into conversation. We'll talk about we'll talk about the hockey's. All right, before uh, real quick off the top. Uh, this week is actually going to be the release of Series 1, which in the hockey card uh, side of the hobby is a big deal. That's a monster release uh, every year for that with all the young guns. Now, uh, Connor Bedard will be in the Series 2, but for Series 1, you're going to have 50 young guns. And I wanted to quickly do a quick hashtag scholarship thing uh, regarding that. One of the key selling points, and I want to make sure I phrase this correctly, I don't think it's Upper Deck who is the one who said it. So I want to make sure I don't you know, give the wrong credit to the wrong place. But when you go to Cardboard Connection and a lot of those places, You've got the regular inserts. You've got a, lot, a variety of them. They do change them up from year to year. And you do have certain parallels that you always have with the Young Guns every year. A lot of exclusives, and now you've had the high gloss and stuff like that. However, this year what they've done is they've added what's called the Outburst. So there's a couple of different parallels now available in these new ones. Uh, outburst Deluxe is out of 250. Outburst Red, Outburst Gold, which I'll get to in a second, uh, for the base cards and Young Guns. So there's a bunch of different versions now. And they've also got a clear cut as well. So there's a couple of different variants that you got to bear in mind. I want to focus on like the it. rare outburst gold, though. The gold <laughs> is specifically the one I want to focus on because that is a one of one. And that was one of the big talking points is that you're going to have young guns that are a one of one. Now, this is from Cardboard Connections. The rare outburst gold edition may be particularly intriguing for collectors as the first one of one young guns chase parallel in a flagship product. Au contraire, mon frere. Hashtag scholarship time. That is a lie. That yeah, is an untruth. I have, I have a Young Gun 101. Now, it wasn't pulled. It, I don't know how to explain it. Well, go ahead. With I, I'm actually going, going to, to talk about a legit yeah. in the pack. No no caveats like legit one of one Young Gun. I'm a, hashtag scholarship. I'm actually going to. So I, as soon as I read that, I was like, I, I, it's, you never have one of those things, Wes, where you're like, here's something. But at the moment, you're not focusing on it too much. But in the, it's like noise in the background. And then afterwards, you think about it. Wait a minute. That's wrong. Let, let, me, let, let me go back and look at that again. So I went down the, uh, you know, the YouTube rabbit hole and I went down the Google machine and I did a little research. And I, I was pretty sure I remembered something. And I was correct. So quick, go in the Wayback Machine. Let's go back a little ways. 9899 was actually the first year that Upper Deck flagship had one of ones. 
So that was the first year that Upper Deck Flagship had one of ones that year. They did it in the parallels and they did it in the base set. However, that's not the one we're going to be talking about because they didn't have young guns. So the early history of young guns was kind of this off and on thing. Starting from the first year, they had young guns, but then one year they put it in collector's choice. It was bouncing around a little bit here and there. It wasn't until 99, 2000 that it became a consistent staple that it is today. Now it's in the subset every year, but in 99, 2000 was the first year they actually did it. Now, quick caveat, 99, 2000 was also the last year they did one of ones until this year they brought it back. So that is why that is a one-year window where you have young guns. Now let's bring on one more layer here. There were young guns in that product. That was the first year they brought back the subset and it would go year by year going forward. But most of those young guns in there already had rookie cards. So in reality, there are only two young guns in that checklist that are legit rookies who not only are young gun subset and rookies, but also have a one-of-one version. Two players, 99-2000 is the year. What year was it? Because I've pulled it, and that's the one I have, but it was a few years ago they mm-hmm. did the was some kind of anniversary thing or something where there was yeah. one of those are the buybacks. Guns the yeah. Those product. are the buyback stamped ones. Yeah. Right. I'm not counting those because upper deck okay. did because upper deck did something. I'm talking about straight up that year pack pulled one of ones. So that's, it narrows the, it narrows the list quite a bit. Now, Eric, this is a fun one for you. Okay. 99, 2000, 99, 2000, 2000. One of the players, one yep. of the players was the number one overall draft pick in the 99 entry draft. Okay. Otherwise, didn't have too many notable moments. So who was one of the two players who had a legit young gun, one of one, from 99-2000? 99-2000. Yep. Number one overall draft pick of the of the Atlantic Thrashers in the 99 NHL entry draft. So I'm trying to help you out a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it uh, Danny Heatley? It'd be a good guess, but nope. Uh, Mark Savard. Afraid not. So I won't. Uh, I won't keep. Go ahead, Russ. You want to take a stab I was at it? Gonna say is it uh, Stepan? Is that his name? Patrick Stefan. That's, that's Patrick right. Stephon. There you go. Patrick nice Stefan. That's right. Number one overall draft pick. Most notable for his one year in Dallas, where he missed an empty net, fell, and the Edmonton Oilers skated with that with <laughs> seconds to go and scored a tying goal. Yep. Became an infamous hockey meme. That is that is the highlight, the apex yeah. of his career. But if you want and one of the OG, legit one of one young guns, which exists theoretically out in the universe from 99 2000, it is our homie Patrick Stiffen. That is one. <laughs> and I'll give you the other one Oleg Saprikin. Really? Oleg Saprikin was a rookie in 99 2000 for the Calgary Flames, who has a young gun that is available as a one of one. It's also available as an out of 100 exclusive. <laughs> so those are, the, those are the OG, legit one of ones. So I'm sorry, Cardboard Connections. There were two cards from 24 years ago that, in fact, were the first Young Gun one of ones. I think I would like to see a picture picture of those two. I Uh, actually can provide something like that. So let me see if I can blow it up a little bit. I'll make it a little easier to see, but I'll show it to you guys. Now, by the way, if you actually check out the Young Guns checklist, I made the caveat. I have actual rookies. But if you go and look at the Young Guns checklist that year, you will see uh, Roberto Luongo and some other decent players, but they're not actually rookies. So that's why I made an important distinction with that. I don't count them the same. That's the, the only reason why. That was otherwise that, that era when my upper deck was still putting out the World Junior cards and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and those were considered rookies even though they weren't in pro unis. So here you go. Know. So you got Pat. So these are your two guys. You got Patrick okay. Stefan here, and you got Oleg Saprikin. These are your two 
from 99-2000 that are available as exclusives and one-of-ones. They do. They theoretically exist. I've never seen either one of them, but they do exist. These are your OG one-of-one Young Guns before this year's class, which will be the second run of them. Yeah. I would... Uh, a little hashtag scholarship. I wonder if there's any providence if if uh, those cards are actually in like a collector's hands or some kid just opened them and threw them in a box. I would love to know, know. Uh, because for a moment in time, Patrick Stefan was a big deal. I remember him being in a ton of product and uh, he, he was the big pull that, uh, that year. Uh, obviously didn't work out. Uh, Oleg Saprikin, not so much either. Uh, neither one guy, another one of the guys really made too much of an impact. And it was just funny that they happened to be, if it had been, if they had had young guns in 98, 99, it would have been, I think, marginally better. There were a few better rookies that year. Not a lot. I think you probably could have gotten Milan Hadoop uh, from Colorado. You probably could have gotten him in there. I think he was in that year. Um, but it wasn't like it wasn't that great. 98, 99, 99, 2000 were not good years for um, for rookies. Uh, there would be better years later, but the one of one wasn't available. You could get exclusives, but not one of ones. So there you go. A little uh, hockey history hashtag scholarship for y'all. Well done. So did I understand you correctly? And they're not just adding one of one, but there's going to be other Mm -hmm. paralleled serial numbers as well now so we're going to have the tens the hundreds mm -hmm. probably 50 i do not i think there's a 250 and something i i'll get the exact but there's a bunch there, there's going to be a bunch this time mike i don't like that other but... cards identical <laughs> with just simply different serial numbers stamped on them or are they actually going to be different so a few of them are and i'll show you an example the, the problem with no mock-ups is that you can't tell too much i have no well, limits left these serial numbered cards that are all identical except for the stamp so this i'm just so looking at the mock-up so if we take a look at the mock-up that looks to me like some kind of effect almost like a dufex design i'm thinking almost like what they did in some of the sparklers it looks like the dazzlers, dazzlers. Yeah. yeah so if that's the case that's at least neat looking I, I could accept that that's at least a little more interesting and there is a silver version as well which is more available so it seems to me that if Again, it's a mock-up, so you got to see it in hand to be 100%, but I think that's what they're offering here. But again, the the image will be the same, except yes. they're, they're parallels, Eric. Silver yes. versus gold. Yes, different photo. Yeah, I understand why that is the way they do it. I understand they want to build interest and build chases, and they can't have different pictures and things because that will cost more money. And it takes. I understand all the ins and outs. I am not naive to any of it. I understand mm -hmm. business first. I understand profit first. I get it. I still hate it. I don't as, long as, as long as we're clear on that. I, I <laughs> thought after all that preamble, you were going to say, I love it. Yeah. No, I understand it. It does not need to be explained to me of, of the reasons why. I fully understand. And being friends with Billy, he continues to make me understand when I complain about things. Mm. And it all comes down to money, and that's fine. But again, I showed you guys earlier. I, I just I just got these, and one is stamped one out of two, and the other one's stamped 16 out of 25, and they're they're pretty much identical. Yeah, except for the foil. So, in other words, you're saying in addition to understanding, you're also a hypocrite. Um, well, as we also discussed off air, being a player collector sucks. Mm. Um, <laughs> whereas if I was just collecting cards, I'd be like, yeah, this is one is fine. Um, I don't need every single one. But being a player collector, um, it just destroys your brain and your wallet. Amazing. Can't was confirm. there 
Was there any mention in the article of those outbursts? Are they going to be hobby box only, or are they going to transfer to EPAC as well? I will scan for you, uh, but we'll move on for now, but I will scan for you and see what I can find. But uh, I will, and we're going to do a more of a breakdown when we get to the to the AMG uh, portion of it when I do that episode tomorrow. By the way, also now would be a good time to also mention that AMG uh, sponsors and uh, supports the channel. So thank you to AMG for their patronage in this channel. Indeed. Indeed. Awesome. And, you know, continuing to, uh, somebody has to continue to supply Eric with his Reggie lemon, 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 lemon. So uh, if that, if any more of those were to come to pass, that might come via AMG. Allegedly. Just throwing that out there. You're just lucky this is 5% more mature. Mm. We are we're very <laughs> fortunate. We're all blessed. Hashtag I, blessed. I have plenty to say and things mm. will be said on Friday. But there you go. Perfect. I have 5% more mature on Mondays. Well, can we uh, can we satiate you by moving over to some ha hockey stock? Can we talk some hockeys now? I would love to talk to some hockeys. Excellent. I like so we stock. did a little hashtag scholarship. Hope you, hopefully you all enjoy the little trip down. If you didn't know. Now, you know, there was a little history of young guns. By the way, it's very particular. If you notice, I had to narrow it down to two people because only two qualified. So it's not the whole checklist. So just an important distinction to make. If you want the OG ones, there's only two options available to you. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on this year in the hockey season. We just got underway. Obviously, a lot of uh, the attention. Even tonight, right now, uh, the Bedard train rolls on into Toronto. And uh, I've already seen, like, I think Bedard's been shown on screen about 457,000 times. I think he's actually far exceeded anything that Taylor Swift can even hope for. And also we've seen Bedard's <laughs> parents probably about 15,000 times. So good news. Good news for all involved. Um, but there is other stuff going on. Uh, and we can talk about a little bit going on with our respective teams. But before we do, I want to touch on a few things. Last year, one thing we noticed was a big uptick in offense. So let me talk about that for a moment here. And one of the beneficiaries was Bobble's guy, Jason Robertson. You know, the J-Rob pump will be in full effect tonight yet again. Um, but he was one of the beneficiaries. We had, I believe it was eight or 900 point players. So we actually had quite a number of them. And uh, Connor McDavid had the first 150 point season in quite a long time. We got to go back to like the high octane offense days. And we got to talk, be talking Mary Lemieux and those kind of guys in order to get that kind of offense going. But let me start off with this. So given what happened and that the offense still seems to be going pretty good in the early games, I still see games that are like six to five, five to four and stuff like that. I'm still seeing that. Do we have something resembling another 140, let me say 140 plus point season? Do we get another, either McDavid or someone else? Doesn't have to be just him. Do we get another performance like that this year? I think given the, the number of 100 point scores and um, 50 plus goal scores, I, I think we're definitely trending in that way. And I think the early returns just to the first four games of the season point to an increase in scoring. I don't know what what the impetus is for that, but uh, having more goals in hockey is never a bad thing. And having people sit on one goal leads uh, in their own end is boring. And so maybe this higher octane stuff will, will bring uh, additional eyeballs to the sport. But yeah, I mean, looking at the, the goal scoring leaders list and the and the points list, it's, it's kind of impressive. It's great. Mm -hmm. Now, can I pose kind of a side question based on that thought? And I, and I want to bring Bobbles and Eric into this portion of the conversation as well, but kind of a quick side conversation with that. Uh, as, as Wes correctly mentions, obviously we did see a little bit more high octane scoring. 
but also the ESPN TV TV deal and coverage kind of picked up. So do we have a little hashtag conspiracy? Mm. How convenient that a more exciting brand of offensive hockey suddenly a more exciting form of the hockeys suddenly plays in as ESPN comes in. It's like we demand scoring. Very well, our ESPN masters. Is it <laughs> is it a little bit of that? Is just something I throw out there just out of curiosity? You know, uh, I don't know what you would have to change in the game. I mean, we made the goalie pad smaller, right? That was, but that was mm -hmm. three or four years ago, um, and there wasn't an appreciable difference. So, um, and there's no significant rule change. So, conspiracy is possible, but there's nothing you can like point to and say like, this is the thing that this is why scoring is up. Well, there is a there is a it wasn't a change. But it, there was, I want to say a couple of years ago, and it might just be taking fruit, and bearing fruit now, there was more of an emphasis put on really calling certain interference type penalties and basically being like, you know, don't get in the way. If you're mm -hmm. not playing the puck, you know, kind of stay out of the way, which in turn would create more room for a playmaker to be able to kind of operate in their space without being, you know, having too many people bump up against them. At first, a very small difference, but then as soon as it becomes clear to everybody that that's how it's being called, you're suddenly creating a little more space and then you get a little more puck movement. Well, instinctively more puck movement is going to give you more chances. Right. I, I would take a look, not so much in the last year or two, but you know, um, for the last 20 uh, years or so, we went through the eighties high octane, you know, Gretzky's scoring 200 points. Lemieux scored 199, uh, just about every star on every team cracked 100 every single year. Then, you know, the 90s came in and, you know, they really started playing a defensive style. Uh, the Devils came out, changed hockey for a, a good many years with their defensive style, won a bunch of cups. Didn't hurt that they had Hall of Fame defensemen and, you know, one of the greatest goalies of all time. Um but defense, for, for a hockey purist, that is incredible hockey. For the casual fan, the new fan, and the I hate hockey people, that is never going to put butts in seats in the stadium or the living room or the bar. So what did they do? So West, The Fox track puck. That's, they tried. <laughs> they tried. That was that was a poor attempt, but it was an effort. Nonetheless. It was an attempt. It was an attempt. It was an attempt to get new people involved who said, I can't watch hockey on TV because I can't follow the puck. Well, you're an idiot. But that's <laughs> wow. The whole Bobble's Eric is saying this like this. this, this ooh, ooh. I know I, I got to be 5% more mature. So um, so what they started to do is they started making drastic rule changes over the years. Now they started off with you know things such as um cutting down the, the the padding of the goalies um there was one goalie in particular who literally put blocks these these blocks in i want to say it was jaguar i think it was jaguar uh, who had I, the thing the I mechanism mean, <laughs> that would raise the shoulder like blades okay mm -hmm. so they did they had they had gloves that were too big they had pads that were too big they started sticking things under their shoulders to make their shoulders higher they said enough of that they started saying, okay, goalies, you know, we're going to set up this area in the back of the net where you can only touch the puck there instead of coming out of out all over the place and slowing down play. 
I think that was uh, the trapezoid. I think is yeah. that is that the, yeah. that's the one they put there. Right. Yeah. They said, okay, our experiment with, you know, um, and this one will hit home for you three with, uh, you know, no feet in the crease. Mm. We're gonna change. We're gonna go back to saying yes, you can have a foot in the crease. Also known as justice. Uh, also known as you know valid. If you're from Buffalo, it's not called justice. Um, uh, Buffalo isn't a place that doesn't count. They, go on. They got rid of the red line. They yeah. have. They that definitely have, helped. Yeah, they sure. have really started to protect the offensive players. One of one of because there were many of the reasons Lemieux retired was because he was completely done with the beating he was taking every night, and that was slowing down his production. Well, now you can't do to any player, but especially the star players, what they were doing to Mario Lemieux, who was still scoring 199 points a season, by the way. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way to stop him was to beat the bejesus out of him. Yeah. Now you can't do that. So these are just some of the things they have done over the last 20 years to make this a higher scoring, more exciting, faster game. So when you ask, are we going to continue to see this trend? The answer is absolutely that the league wants us to go back to the eighties. That is when it was the most exciting. What was the one thing in the eighties that slowed the game down, which they don't allow anymore? Fighting. Fighting. Yeah. They had, there were, you were allowed to have bench clearing brawls in the early eighties there were fights all over the place. The policing, the just, you know, just absolute 10 minutes or plus of everybody gets a partner and dances. Right. That stuff's not allowed anymore. Now, they, 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 they're trying to get fighting out. I don't think, I hope they never get it completely out. But now they got the misconducts and the instigators and all this crap. That's continuing to speed up the game. And now there's no policing. None of that. Everybody gets a dance partner back like the Avalanche and Red Wings in the playoff days. That was like the last time you saw everyone gets a partner and dance. Mm -hmm. Those days are done. And they're going to continue to tweak the game to make it faster and make it high scoring. Don't be surprised in 10 years if they don't add two inches on each side of the nets. You know, they've adjusted the net height and the net width in the past. Yeah, they'll do it again. They'll yeah. make the pads smaller. They'll, I mean, they'll, they will continue to tweak this because what they, if, if sports in general learned during the steroid era of baseball, that what, what did that, what did that little kid in the little league say? Chicks love the dingers or chicks love the long, the balls. long ball. Yeah. Okay. Major league baseball never made so much money than when Maguire and Sosa were hitting bombs. They would have them in the, I'd be, I'd be watching you know, the TV show lost or something. And then in the corner of the TV screen is Sammy Sosa up at bat. It didn't matter if I liked baseball or not. There was Sammy Sosa. Okay. Yeah. The NHL dreams of that. And they know the only way to ever do it is to have Gretzky like numbers again. And they're going to continue pushing it. So, yes, we will see it. We will continue to see it. And not only are we going to see 60 goal scorers, 150-point guys on the regular, in the in the near future, 
we're going to see even bigger numbers than that. We're going to see 80s numbers again. I can't wait. I would love the regular 10-9 hockey game. Mm. I think that, that's I think an all-star makes... game. Yeah. Oh, and, that's fine. And the reason they changed the all-star game was because it, that was fun the first couple of years that the score got crazy. Yeah. And then the fans were like, we don't like this anymore. Eric likes the fighting. He wants some physicality. Eric, the fighting has gone to the Walmart parking lot where it belongs. I enjoy the fighting too. I got to be honest. I think there's a happy medium between improved scoring. Too much of a good thing. And a 10 9 hockey game will get old quick because the purists, which continue to drive the sport and, and drive the fan base, and for our, you know, for our situation, the collecting. They're not going to tolerate it. But could that be offset by the additional eyeballs and the additional collectors you get because you have 550 point guys in the league? Um, Madonna is an icon in Dallas. He's mm-hmm. on the Mount Rushmore of Dallas sports. He never got anywhere close to what Jason Robertson got last year. If Jason Robertson is a consistent 100 point guy for seven or eight years it will do wonders in a fair weather city like dallas we'll get we'll get to that you settle down we'll get yeah (laughs) (laughs) it it will do wonders uh for a fair weather city like dallas to really put i mean look the the stars um do a great job of selling out at arena but you wouldn't know it through the first period because it's Mm -hmm. impossible it's really hard to get to that place and but if there's someone to see in addition to your own guy and it's exciting and you do have a 10-9 game or a you know eight nothing good game, you know, I think people are, are really gonna respond to that. And and I understand what you're saying about baseball purists. And there there are there are I'm sorry, not baseball hockey purists, but the 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 baseball purists are the same way. You know, they hated the pitch clock and look at what a fantastic job it's done. I, I've got a baseball. chance to watch I barely watched the regular season, but in the playoffs I have enjoyed it. I have enjoyed that it's kept the flow going. I think it's been good. I think there is a happy, to your point, I think there is a happy medium. I think we can have a higher scoring game and to, you know, to assage Eric's bloodlust, we'll just give more alcohol to the audience and then they'll fight in the stands. And then we get fighting, you know, we get death and we get scoring on the ice. Bubbles. Everybody wins. Yeah, it's always interesting because... I just died here in Massachusetts at the Patriots game because he got in a fight in the stands. Yeah, that was very unfortunate. It's a tremendously unfortunate, and Eric would have been okay with it if it had been 50 people dying. You know, increase the numbers. Like, one, oh, this is weak. Eric was messaging me. He goes, I heard a guy died at the stadium. One? How did how, – there were 80,000 people there. How did we only get one? Eric is five, very five, bloodthirsty. Five, five, on his own mature. <laughs> bloodthirsty, this man. Good Lord. 5% more mature. My, my always, like – the fun thing with the conversations of the scoring elevation and and amongst all sports, we need more scoring. We need more scoring. People want to see scoring, but then on the flip side, you hear the games take too long. The games take too long. The games take too long. And it's always been interesting to me because like in example of baseball, now I get the pitch clock that, you know, speeds up the at-bats and everything because you don't have the guys adjusting their gloves and, you know, all this other stuff. But 
lower scoring games actually go quicker because there's not as much, you know, trotting around the bases. And if you have no hitter, you have less, you know, you got, you got 27 guys up and 27 guys down. It's going to be much quicker. It's the same way in football, you know, they score a touchdown, you got a freaking commercial break, you, you know? So it's always been this interesting balance of they want all of the games to go faster, but they also want to increase the scoring of them. So I can't speak on the past 20 years of hockey because I am the newbie of the room for hockey. What I will say as a new fan, I like the sport because it is fast paced. And I don't know if that's due to players being younger today with talent at their young age, such you mentioned Bedard. But I also like it that it's physical. They may not be able to fight as much, but they're allowed to hit each other. I hate football. I played wide receiver, and I hate that football players have pads and are these physical beings, and they can't touch each other. Like, that annoys me. Um... So, yeah, I, I like the combination of the game being competitive, fast-paced, and physical. I just feel like, overall, it brings more – it's more interesting that way. Sure. So. Now, I want to touch on two quick things there from what you said. One of the things – I don't disagree with the idea of what you said, that a low-scoring game in baseball can be quick. But a key is the, what, the thing with the pitch clock, what it's done, is it got rid of a lot of the superfluous extra. It forced yeah, the players to be like, commit – because it doesn't take you five minutes to come up with a pitch. And then yeah. that was the problem. It wasn't the high scoring or low scoring game that was slowing the thing. A guy can hit a home run and try to run the base in a couple of seconds. That's not, it, it's a three outcome game now, which is hurting the sport a little bit. That's the higher offense because guys are swinging from the heels to try to hit a home run or they strike out. So we're getting these basic outcomes and that's all that's happening. However, if you're going to do that, which guys are doing it now, analytics, and they've been told that that's the way to do it now. Well, if you're going to do that though, then taking an inordinate amount of time in between each at bat to readjust your equipment, to you know yep. think about it, to write a poem to a family member, and then finally come back into the batter's box, that's where we get run into a bit of a problem because that's not actually contributing to the flow of the game at all. No, step right. in the batter's box, the guy pitches, you hit it or you don't, at least we have a result one way or the other. Yep. Bring it back over to hockey, though. Um, I think what's helped a lot, because, because I agree there's a lot of young talent. However... Uh, being exactly the age that I am, you know, few of us are as old as Eric and talk about, you know, the early days of hockey when uh, there was a ton of scoring, but there was only like 20 games a year, a uh, very different sport. But um, bringing it to the present day, 1991 had one of the greatest rookie classes that'll ever be. Go, go look at that rookie. Go look at the rookie card list of yeah. 1991. And there's hall of famers, offensive talent galore, mm -hmm. amazing talent. And that's despite the fact that within about five years, they enter the clutching and grabbing era. Yeah. This was the offensive talent you had that was stifled almost yeah. immediately when they came out of the block. Wes talked about Medano and how about Jason Robertson, you know, got a season last year that is higher than anything Medano ever did. Medano didn't play in an era where that was possible. <laughs> he had people in his face all the time. 89 would probably have been, 89-90 would have been the the one year where he, he probably was at his offensive apex because it, it hadn't gotten to that point yet yeah yeah and he had his first year in dallas where he got the 50 goals and that yep. was at the beginning 
And then part of it was also self-imposed because the team themselves, Ken Hitchcock, when he came in as coach, his mandate was, you've got so much talent, you can skate so well, you're so fast, but I know you can score, but can you be a two-way player? Can you help us by being... So he basically told him to throttle down the offense and he go, focus on doing both. You can be a great defender, go forecheck, go do all these other things, be a leader that way. But then, yeah, you'll score some goals here and there. But one of the keys, if you go back to the 90s, there was a year where Medano was in the top 10 in scoring, and I think he had like mid-80s points. But he was in the top 10. Yeah. Last year, we had like 900-point guys. (laughs) Completely different context in terms of leaps and bounds. But that's how it was because guess what? Nobody was scoring at that level. There were years where you didn't have a 50-goal. You didn't have a 50-goal scorer. Right. Let alone having a 60 goal score in a bunch of 50s. Yeah. So it helps that these guys, these young guys with talent, are also getting space to work. You give them space so, to work, you give them, let them do their thing, it helps bring the scoring up as well. Does, does all of this with the changes that have been discussed make it more or less impressive of a season for the Boston Bruins? Ooh, I think that's mm. a very valid question. Well, I think what the outcome was was not ideal, but mm. I mean, what they did was impressive. Suboptimal, suboptimal, so, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, for the audio version for the, for the audio version, the Eric's video is cut out. It was it was very tragic. <laughs> Eric's video was cut out. He's still here, but his yeah. video has disappeared. His webcam suddenly malfunctioned or something. I'm not sure. I think he's clearing his desk off right now. Oh, that's I think that's happening yeah. violently, but clearing it off. Um, I. I I could see moving forward that there is a Bruins-like team that has uh, an amazing offensive and uh, you know impressive win total per year moving forward. Um, I was going to say the Jamie Ben Hart year, the year he won the scoring title, mm-hmm. that seems to have been the apex of that uh, revolution <laughs> through the '90s, and then he won the scoring title with what 87 points or something like that, which was the it was goal. something like that, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and then. And then that kind of capped off and we've, that's not happened again, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I see with the more open ice with smaller, faster guys like Bedard coming in, uh, being able to move up and down the ice without um, uh, much, without any head hunting. There's nobody like Scott Niedermeyer Meyer lining anybody up to end their careers, you know? And I like, I like that dude. I have, many of his cards but um yeah and scott I, I stevens like, i think scott stevens is i think the main culprit. but niedermeyer was a niedermeyer was also a physical player he was yeah. a, but scott stevens is the infamous physical right. let's say very very physical player. killed a man on live tv yeah mm-hmm. uh did he hit korea or was he the lindros he was korea yeah he's okay, the one who satiated eric's bloodlust yeah yeah i mean those guys you know those those teams were i'm sorry eric go ahead I was just going to say, Paul Korea died that day. I don't care. I watched that man die. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that puff of air hit his face mask, and he's like, he's alive again. Yeah. He do, you feel that you, do you feel that you giggling like a schoolgirl while watching the hit was appropriate? I was not. I, I remember watching that live. I was not, I, my jaw was agape. I don't think you're, I, you're, the, those around you were agape when they were watching you giggle to yourself. Like, yeah. if he dies, he dies. You were suddenly a Van Drago from Rocky Four. What happened over there? <laughs> Five percent more mature. Five percent more mature. Five percent more. I'm merely stating facts. I'm merely stating. Facts. Please continue. Please continue. I'm being five percent more mature. 
yeah, but uh, taking the head hunting out, I think, is a yep. is a fantastic way for the sport to progress. And you want to have your best guys out there. And you know, the NFL's probably carried it too far by you know you can only hit the quarterback from above the knee and you sure. know below yeah. the neck. And um, but and, you know, we got to do what we got to do to keep the, the the stars on the on the field on the ice. Well, it, I want to touch on something. Just, just one second, Eric. I just want to touch on one thing that Eric's saying, though. It, it, there is a pendulum in all the sports that can swing one way or the other. I agree with him that for the NFL and the quarterbacks, a protection like the halo of protection they have where some guys can't get touched is a little too much. Yeah. I think in hockey, though, it became very important to be like, we've got these superstars and we need to – the NHL, maybe, hopefully. Bedard might be like us getting an overload now. But yeah. for years, they didn't market them. For years, they didn't market the stars at all. So now I'm glad they're at least trying to market them. But also you got to keep them on the ice to the market. A, a yeah. player on the injured reserve who's being marketed doesn't do you any good. So right. go ahead, Eric. Sorry. I was just going to say um, this this protecting players has, has gone a riot in one way that I know of. And I, I've talked to many um, former um, NHL players. I talk to one every single day uh, who's a buddy of mine. Uh, Hashtag played, humble brag. No, no, I'm just trying to explain. He was an NHL defenseman. He sees he sees things that I don't see. So we always talk about the game. And I always am fascinated by the stuff he tells me he's, mm -hmm. that he saw while watching the game because it never would have crossed my mind. And one of the things that we agree on is that because of the new rules that are protecting players, these young players coming in, and we see it all the time throughout the league the last few years, they no longer know how to protect themselves. Mm. When you are going a hundred miles chasing a hundred miles an hour chasing a puck, I'm sorry, uh, was that like five thousand uh, kilometers? Did I, <laughs> did I not? Say I think that? if you use if you use your special calculator, perhaps. Yeah. So if you're going about five thousand <laughs> kilometers an hour um, into the boards, five percent more mature. Going in. That's what he's going with. And all they're showing is are, are, are numbers. You go back to, to, to early hockey in the 50s, 60s, 70s, right? These guys are going in shoulder first. They're going in to protect themselves. They're not going in with their head down towards the boards. So now you have a defenseman who's coming in chasing, you know, the, the forward and is trying to, 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 to check them. Well, these guys are continually now getting hurt, getting head trauma, dislocating all sorts of parts crumpling like an accordion because they no longer know how to protect themselves when they going into the boards into the corners into those dirty spots and all these defensemen see are their their nameplate and numbers and they're no longer allowed to hit them in that position a position they should not be in bad coaching and these stupid rules that are that are overly protective who have taught them bad habits now. So now the offensive guy can go in. He's like, well, he can't hit me if he sees my numbers. He can go in and get the puck and make a play, and the defenseman's no longer allowed to hit them. And when they do hit them, offensive players are getting hurt badly. And it's, it's all stemming from the fact that they no longer know how to protect themselves. Watch What's funny is I I remember hearing this exact argument when they talked about the difference when helmets were introduced. 
there were players who were arguing that with, well with helmets you know that players won't respect each other but that goes back a long ways that that, that the helmets has been mandated now for some time listen it, it i've had the pleasure of talking to derek sanderson many times you talk to him long enough sooner or later he will start the speech and that speech is putting helmets on players made the game more dangerous and he he believes it a hundred percent. He he goes step by step into why he feels that way. It's not just he doesn't just say something and then leave it alone. He will have a twenty minute conversation with you and break it down to why helmets should not be allowed in the NHL. And if you don't walk away from a conversation with Derek Sanderson after twenty minutes of him explaining to it you you that, and you're at least questioning the idea, then you're an idiot. Because this guy's forgotten about more hockey than you've ever learned. I think I've actually I've actually heard a variation of this exact argument, and I'm sure he made a lot of the same points. But I'm going to retort one thing. It all begins with one specific assumption. Because you know when we talk about a theory, you talk about assumptions. I am making certain assumptions. That's what I'm basing the theory on. And if you don't accept the assumptions, it breaks the whole thing. The whole thing falls apart. There's one assumption that uh, Sanderson is making that a lot of these old time players make. It is that, oh, if you didn't have the helmet and you coach host the players differently, they wouldn't take liberties. They wouldn't be more aggressive. They wouldn't be dirtier, even given the chance. I think some of these guys would take their heads off anyway, helmet or no helmet. The idea that, oh, well, because it's helmet, the players are being more, you know, they're not being as careful. You're probably right. But I could see some players being just as reckless without a helmet on. And some players would go headhunting without the helmet just the same way. They don't care. They no. would do. They would take somebody's head off anyway. We literally used, they used to fight with sticks with no helmets and hit each other in the head. Ted Green almost died. Um, and the players are bigger now than they were then. So my point is, I think bigger guys would be hitting each other the same way. The idea that I understand the general point. Right. But the general idea, it would almost be to a certain degree, like arguing that, well, if we took away seatbelts, then people would drive the speed limit. No, they wouldn't. They would just drive fast and take their chances. They would go for it, and hopefully, hopefully today's not my day. Uh, to be uh, to just just to be clear, his, his the, the primary part of his philosophy is kind of what I already touched on, and maybe I got it from him. Maybe I got this way of thinking from him specifically. You're saying Sanderson is controlling you? Uh, well, it, he changed my name and everything. Look at it; it's ridiculous. Mm, it explains a lot. So. It's really not so much about your opponent respecting you because you're not wearing a helmet. It's about you taking more precautions in your game to protect yourself because you are not wearing a helmet. These kids today, I mean, they are padded up with, with freaking Kevlar. I mean, they're wearing Kevlar. Mm -hmm. And they're going into those boards faster than any players have ever gone into the boards. And all they got is their backs turned. And someone's going to get hurt really bad. We're going to have another Travis Roy, you know, and if you don't know who Travis Roy is, he played for, for Boston University many years ago. And on his very first shift in D1 hockey, he ended up going headfirst into the boards and breaking his neck. Uh, he died a few years ago. Um, he became a motivational speaker and he did a lot of work with the NHL uh, about player safety and, and things like that. And he wrote a book and, um, it was, you know, it's a very sad story, but you're going to, you're going to see something really bad happen. 
and the NHL level. Um, if these younger players don't learn some of the older techniques, you can't sprint into uh, the boards with your numbers showing and have a 230 pound all muscle defenseman, you know, six something chasing you. You're going to die. You have to. So what I got out of what I got out of Eric, and I know you could go on for a while, Eric, but I want to make sure we get a chance to touch on some of the other topics. If you want the rest of Eric's TED Talk, you can find that on his OnlyFans. Sanderson. I, I won't share with you because I have I have decency, but I, I want you to know the rest of his TED Talk is available there. And Eric's <laughs> solution to this is to watch Slapshot. Learn some old time hockey. That'll fix everything. I thought it was Mighty Ducks. Eric might have gotten confused at the VHS store. One or the other, like it is going to go one of two ways. Kind and rewound, Mm. always, (laughs) always. Either he's going to either you're going to learn to foil up or the flying V. One or the other, one way or the other. At least Medana was in the first one, so that's good. That's all right. Yeah, just throwing it out there. But yes, I wanted to make sure we got a chance to touch on it. So there you go. There's a couple of conveying theories, and I'm sure we'll have a little more time. Eric, I'll give you a little more time on Friday to give us some more of the Sanderson speech. You know, just to be fair. But I do want to touch on a couple of other things. Um, other than that, uh, a lot of this conversation came about as a result of talking about the scoring element and the changes that precipitated some of that. And hopefully, I think as a viewer, I agree that it is more fun to see a little bit more scoring. I, you know, the, the best Dallas Star period was a clutching and grabbing era team with great defense. Let's, let's get this right. But sometimes those games were a slog to watch through. Great players since like you have a team full of Hall of Famers, but man, it was a slot. Look, I don't want to watch another triple overtime no. <laughs> Stanley Cup final game. I don't need that in my life. Nope. No. No. Uh I was doing gigs when that when that happened, and we were on our way to a gig about midnight mm-hmm. when the goal was scored. So I only heard it on the radio. I never saw it on TV live. Uh one of my major regrets, like having children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> valid on par that that right there is a takeaway line that's important one. yeah it's important one. same thing i did actually oh, oh, i think sorry. i still have it somewhere i, no, I actually sorry. have the, the, the digital version of that game six Dude. so I, i've actually been able to watch it a couple times since then my heart just... does not regret having a child but my wallet is very upset oh i, I, I was so about so i was about to ask are you sure you weren't going to go like hold up a sign that says I'm saying this under duress. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's no. just like, listen, I love my children with all of my heart. Yes. Yes. I would do anything for them with love. My wallet hates her. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, let's touch on one more thing then. Uh, we talked a little bit about the offensive portion of it. Let me ask this question. Uh, we'll do this question and then we'll, we'll move it over into uh, collecting part of the discussion so one more question about the season itself do you guys think we're going to get any kind of a surprise a lot of times i always feel like there's a surprise team or someone that you know uh has some you know exceeds expectations do you have a candidate that you think might be able to be a dark horse of some kind that could exceed expectations so Mm -hmm. let me start off eric give it a moment's thought but is there any team that you feel like would be a good candidate maybe to make a leap maybe get to playoffs from the outside or maybe make a run Anything like that? I, I I think it's too early to tell about, you know, something like that. I, I know it sounds funny coming from me and everything, but I, after what happened in, in, with Boston last year, with having- What happened with Boston, by the way? 
I don't want to talk about it. Um, I think they realized that they needed, you know, a different type of team because the playoffs is different than regular season. And mm. I definitely think that the Bruins have a better shot this year, even than, than last, um, last year, they weren't built for the playoffs. They were mm -hmm. built for the regular season. You, you've got to get, you got to get dirty. You got to get in those corners. You got to, you know, it, you know, pasta is great with his 60 something goals, but that, that guy wouldn't get dirty to save his life. So, you know, they brought Luchik back. So now we got somebody who's going to get dirty and that's a, that's a big part of, of the game. So I think we're built more for the playoffs this year than we were even last year. Eric says more goonery from the Bruins. All right. Wes or Bobbles, who would like to take a shot at this one? Go ahead, Wes. Uh, I was going to say, uh, obviously it's early, but I think the Blues might have a chance to be a little better than everybody thinks they're going to be. Okay. I, I hate I hate Bennington. I think he's a wiener, but mm. um, he does have kind of a proven track record. And so he could carry them a lot further than uh, than people think they are. Now, I don't think they're going to be one of the best teams in the West, but it could be a surprise playoff team. Sure. Don't I was going to say, on the, on the opposite end of that, I don't think Vegas is going to be as good as they were last year, but that's just me. Okay. But that's, that, so when I took when I asked that question, that's, that's kind of – so, Eric, that was kind of the angle I was taking because there could be a team that maybe underperformed that maybe you think goes back to kind of where you would have expected them to be given where they're sitting or maybe a team that showed potential and just didn't get a chance to fully exploit it last year. So that's, those are the kind of candidates that I'm referring to. I know it's early, but sometimes a team will show you some flashes last season, for example, and you sit there and go like a couple of things go right. This could, they could take a leap forward from where they were. They just didn't have it last year, but enough of the pieces are in place where I think maybe they could move that next step. Bubbles, did you have any uh, thoughts on that? Well, I'm going to go with the other guys and say it's early, but I'm going to say with this early, you know, small samples we have, mm -hmm. I'm going to go out on the limb and say that the Bedard-led Blackhawks have actually looked really good. Mm -hmm. They came back against the Pittsburgh squad down 2-0. They played the Boston Bruins pretty well, and they're up tonight on the Maple Leafs 3-1 who had a hot Austin Matthews coming in with back-to-back -back hat tricks. So they could be better than expected. Maybe this young squad that has nothing to lose, they have some camaraderie there. You got the excitement of Bedard. You got all eyes on them. Maybe they do better than ex you know expected. On the flip side, unfortunately for me, because my wife actually really enjoys hockey, her Seattle Kraken have looked terrible. I also seen a report Brandon Tanev is out four to six weeks, which is not going to help them at all because he's one of their best players. And they have not won a game yet this year. So they're going to be the team that had, in my right now, uh, they were very impressive last year. You would have thought they could have improved on that this year. And it's looking like the opposite. So that's my two picks. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, she'll see. We'll revisit this conversation once we have a little bit of a bigger sample size, but it is always kind of interesting to see. Early season is always weird because you'll have those little runs. Uh, as Bobbles mentioned, uh, Austin Matthews went back-to-back -back hat tricks. That doesn't mean anything other than he got off to a hard start, and that happens. 
but he is a really good goal scorer. So it's one of those things where uh, he could have a run where he gets super hot. And he's one of those candidates. We talked about the 60 goal thing. He's a guy who has already done that. So he's certainly a candidate to go back to that, especially if he's given room and health, of course, is key for him. If he stays healthy and is able to do what he can do, he got 40 goals last year. That was a quote unquote disappointment. If you're the kind of goal scorer who 40 goals is a disappointment, it means you're always a candidate to be a 50 or 60 or even more goal scorer if you get hot. So we'll definitely have to see how that one plays out. But let's uh, let's do some shameless pandering to our own team, shall we? We've got uh, we've got two Dallas Stars uh, jerseys on the screen. Plus, Bobbles has got his uh, Dallas. There is that like a hoodie? Perfect. Very nice. Yes. And and, and Eric got his lost in the mail. It's very sad. We, we expected other things from you. No, we expected other things. Lost in the mail. It was never in the mail. Never will Terrible. be. In the mail. Terrible. Uh, we, we might have to get it in the mail for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that might, that might thinking... be the next logical step. I mean, Christmas is right around the corner, Eric. Mm-hmm. You just tell us what size, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll load you up with some stars here, buddy. There is not one we... Dallas star item in my house. There's not one. You know, well, we got to change that. Eric, if you want, we can probably get if, – if Fanatics Overlords are listening, we can probably get the hookup for you, and you can use it for Halloween to dress as a, a fan of a relevant hockey team. Think about have it. You ever noticed, have you ever noticed, Eric, that the Boston Bruins... Don't gloss colors, over such a beautiful shot, Bobbles. That was, that was glorious. The Boston Bruins colors, though, in all seriousness, if you look at them, they kind of look like a little mixture of mayonnaise and mustard. <laughs> and it's very odd that he is such a fan of, of that team. So, I mean, I'm just saying, Eric, green would look good on you, buddy. That, that, was, just, that was just mean. And, Wes, I appreciate it. And I really did appreciate it. All right. So let's uh, let's do some shameless pandering. So, uh, gentlemen, I I will defer to you, uh, Wes, as the guest. I will defer to you first. Miro Heiskanen, he is your PC player. Uh, and this kind of general topic, what we're going to talk about here to kind of close this episode out to talk about cards and collecting again, is for our teams, we've got players that we collect who represent the current franchise. Right. Because obviously, I've got my Mike Padano collection. I could bring a bunch of stuff, but he's retired. That's in the past. Still fun for me to collect. But I like having a guy who's on the current team that I can kind of follow. And I'll get to mine in a minute here. And Bobbles, of course, has one that we'll talk about as well. But let's start off with West. Miro Heiskanen. First question. Why Miro? So Miro, uh, for in a long – he was the best draft pick the team had had in short of a generation. Sure. I don't think that there was another um, – they've had good players um, here and there. But uh, he was the first one that I really felt like – um, uh, he and Luca came in at the same time in Dallas, so it was there was a lot of hype with that and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he just uh, it just felt right. I love defensive players, I love offensive linemen in football, as you guys know. Uh, so I kind of uh, collect off of the off the wall stuff, I don't necessarily like the most popular things. So, sure. um, you know, when he was drafted and he came in and, and he played as well as he did in 2018, um, that just iced it for me. He was a guy that. One, I could afford, and two, that I enjoyed watching play, and I felt like uh, was a, a budding superstar. Beautiful. All right. Kind of follow-up question on that. And, and Bobbles, I'll ask you the same kind of questions just so that we all kind of line it up the same way. Uh, follow-up question. Uh, as far as your collection is concerned, when you're building it out, uh, there, there are a million ways to do it, and there's no wrong way to do a player collection. Personally, that's my favorite genre. I love player collecting. You've got your great player collections, so that's fun. But there's the kind of the expansive, there is the pick and choose kind of like fine. So you're trying to do like a Mount Rushmore thing. Or are you trying to pick and choose a cross section of like, or is it just your favorites, whatever is aesthetically pleasing to you? What, what is your, what is your path? 
so originally it was a very scattershot approach. Um, I do have to give you credit because your your Madonna and JB Ben collections kind of helped me like refine things that sure. it was okay to to buy things that aren't necessarily rookie cards if you enjoy yeah. the particular player. So, um, but my my focus is I, I do buy all kinds of inserts and weird off ball stuff, and sure. I'll buy finished cards. Um, there's a couple of those out there, and so yeah, I'll pick those things up too, just for completionist sake. Um, not quite as OCD as as yours, mm-hmm. um, but I, I basically I, I like the card to be aesthetic aesthetically pleasing. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it to um, have a little bit of shine or a cool patch. Uh, I primarily hunt autos. That's sure. that's my big thing. So um, if if anything fits all three of those, and I, I like oddball sets. So um, and and I tend to to gravitate towards uglier stuff too. Nice, nice. So is there any example? So let me let me adjust. So for the video folks, I'm actually going to tweak and adjust here. Let me use this. See if I can find the right layout that'll perfect. This will be the perfect layout for us. Is there anything uh, that you'd like to share? Sure. So. Uh, I I have always liked uh, Prism Chrome cards, etc. So uh, mm-hmm. when I discovered Opeachy Platinum, that was definitely one for me. Um, so I have been hunting his 2018 rookies in various parallels. So there's the orange checker, which meets nice. the ugly card uh, parallel. That's the 25 and a PSA 10. And I'll remove the logo so that Bobbles is not obscured so that you can all see his visage <laughs> while he's reacting to this. So please continue. Uh, I, I also, um, I, once I started doing that, I was like, you know what? Um, I kind of need to work on the rainbow. So okay. I picked up the red prism, Beautiful. the KSA nice. case, which was the same price as raw. So I oh, let, let, let's give them their credit. That's the good old M&T. That's M&T. Yeah. Oh, M&T. I'm sorry. Whatever. I had never <laughs> held either one before. And so I was like, all right. <laughs> That's okay. The majority of people that I could, I could show a lot of people the M&T and they're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Is that Beckett? Yeah. Eric, did you change the holder? I was bored. There you go. <laughs> it is very much a Beckett holder. It's like a skinnier version of the Beckett holder. Um, it very much resembles that, yeah. And then this was this really started me down the OPG Platinum uh, mm-hmm. uh, pathway, and that was the Seismic Gold. Yeah. Uh, once I got that into 10, uh, that's the 50. I was like, you know what? I really like this card. This is awesome. But, and who doesn't love gold? And so those mm-hmm. are the ones I went after. Um, so that's sort of the higher-end stuff that I have. Um, mm-hmm. As far as when when I was going through my collection and looking at all of the audios autos I had purchased, I realized that I had uh, the entire Sub Zero Ice Rainbow. Okay. Uh, this is the non-auto. This is to twenty-four. I have one to ten, and then I have uh, a blue auto as well. I think to fifty. Very so, nice. Very nice. Uh, another OPG Platinum. This is the mm-hmm. Retro Red Rainbow uh, auto. I think these are awesome. This is one of the coolest designs. It's kind of got a classic look and just pops. It looks really nice in a PSA case. I would say. Mm-hmm. I think. And the, then of course, the... good. No, no, no. After you. All I was going to say was that I do think that uh, Upper Deck with the Opeachy Platinum caught on to a good thing for the player collectors to give them a lot. It's their Chromium card that has a lot of nice parallels, and if you want to do the rainbow, you can. But yeah. if there's just some favorites you have, a lot of people pick and choose. The Seismic Gold, to your point, is a super popular one. Some people yes. are, I'm just going to do the Seismic Gold. I'm going to do the run of Seismic Gold, and that's the one I'm going to follow. Yeah. And so after I per- after I got that Seismic Gold, I found, thank you, Com C, that I could get the other 
seismic golds in 1920 and 2021. So now I just need 22, 23 whenever it pops up. So I'll have that run. And then, of course, I have the, the emerald, which is the color match for Miro. Nice. And the emeralds, I believe, are out of five? Uh, ten. This year is to this ten. Time. Gotcha. Okay. okay. And then to, to just round out the collection, just a couple of other things here. You, you have to have a future watch auto. That's a must-have for any sure. player collector. And so I've, I've been hunting these down for all of my stars. Uh, players. Just got a Rupee Hence PSA 10 in that, so that was nice. Nice. Uh, nice. You got to have to have a cup RPA. Yep. So that's just the basic cup RPA. I believe that's to 249. And then uh, just some, I got an SP game used. I, I haven't found a uh, Future Watch Auto patch yet that uh, I feel comfortable paying for. So okay. I got the uh, SPX. And then um, I love PMGs. Mm -hmm. And so I had to pick up the green auto. This is also to 10. I got a bunch of those. You got a bunch of PMGs? Yes. You got the green PMGs? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, yes, Wes. He has PMGs oh. from Parkhurst. From Parkhurst. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I got one right here. This one is of my buddy Glenn, who I was talking about earlier. Uh, basically the same thing. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Right? That, uh, Glenn who? When he played for the Hartford Whalers. That's a PMG, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I, got him, I got tons of them. It's precious. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Very precious. <laughs> and just uh, just to round it all out, uh, just some other Miro stuff that I have here. So SPA, yeah. uh, pageantry. I, th I think I influenced you on that one, yeah. Yeah, you did. I, as soon as you got the Madonna, I was like, I wonder if there's a Miro. And there, in yeah. fact, was. They, they are so, pretty, though, in hand. Like, it's yeah. a really nice-looking card. And then I still like. CSG um, grade. What's um, that? You're getting stuff graded at CSG. Those look great. Thank you. I, I love CSG for yeah. uh, personal non-rookie stuff mm -hmm. yep. um so all of my second year and on miros go to go to csg because mm -hmm. they just look fantastic they actually yeah. fit in the um i buy these plastic trays mm -hmm. uh i'll show them real quick sorry sure yeah they're these uh binder holders for nice. uh slabs so i can put mm -hmm. uh my my slabs and binders and flip through them without having to like open a box Oh, and yeah. the PSA sized ones also fit CSG slabs. Very nice. Very so, nice. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, uh, any non-rookie stuff goes there. Rookie stuff goes to PSA. Um, only in the event that uh, I get hit by a bus, my wife needs to sell my collection. Uh, she has some some uh, added value there if there is any. Once I do get hit by said bus. Mm, so very nice. Did I see some lab strongs hanging on your wall back there? Uh, no slab strongs. These are um, frames for my scanner. So these fit oh, PSA slabs, okay. and I have SGC and a BGS uh, made by somebody in uh, the Discord. That works. Nice. Very good. Very good. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Wes. That's a really nice collection of Miro's. Thank I do you. appreciate one of the, so in the discord that we, we reference all the time is the sports cards anonymous, you know, Dakota invited several of us and we hang out in there and a lot of trash talking, a lot of yes. BS and definitely 5% <laughs> less maturity. Yeah. Even even on the Friday, I might go even like ten percent less maturity than the Friday. It, it, it gets it gets it gets wild over there. Yeah, it, it gets even worse when uh, when your teams are playing one another. The mm -hmm. the, the shit Agreed. talk. One other thing I would show off is just my Miro binder with uh, made yep. of top loaders, and yep. so they have like five or six pages of Miros that I just fill in as we go. Beautiful. I was actually going to ask because I'm a big fan of 
if you're not going to go the crazy expansive collection, because we're not we're not talking thousands and thousands and thousands, there's the cards that maybe you get slabbed or maybe you put in one touches or whatever you want to call that in boxes or whatever works for you. In this case, you got the binder pages, which is awesome. I also love having, for me, especially for the post-Medano player collections that are not as crazy, uh, I love having Z folios for me are great for stuff that falls outside of, okay, right. I don't need this graded. I don't need this in one touches, whatever. But I still like to be able to flip through it and look right. at it. A lot of people would be horrified, though. Uh, I might do it at, when uh, when Bobbles is going. I might grab my Z folio for Ben. A lot of people would be horrified. I put I put PMGs in the Z folio for Ben. Oh, my God. Just because I can. I'm like, you know so, what? This cost me nothing. I'm putting it in the Z folio just because I can. It looks like plastic sleeving them as you put them in the Z folio. Yeah, okay. of course. All right. Well, of course. Okay. But uh, it makes me laugh just being able to flip through it. It's like, yep, I got yeah. PMGs in here, too. Well, when uh, you get hit by the bus and they send your Madonna and Jamie Ben collection down to me, I will treat them with appropriate I, uh, care. I appreciate that. Love. So whoever is you know managing your estate, just give His them my mother will burn it all. <laughs> hey, look, either way it works. Either way it works. Uh, now, unfortunately, my will specifically says burn Eric's Boston stuff first to practice the flamethrower and get it primed. So they got to warm it up first. So yeah. they're going to head over, take care of that, and then they'll take care of my cards. So it's all good. As long, as long as they take care of yours, I don't care. I'll, I'll be dead. Why do I care? <laughs> be, Eric, that's not a punishment. I'll be dead. Why do I care? Yeah. Burn it all. I'll enjoy it. It's worth yeah. it. You, you, part, you'll enjoy it after it finishes burning your stuff. Part of my collation, too, in addition to making them available to me to, to browse whenever I want to, is I, I maintain a Flickr account and make sure I uh, um, put new cards up there for certain players and, and anything that meets, like, you know, low numbered or rare or anything like that. Okay. Nice. Pretty cool. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you All for right, letting so, me share. Of course. All right. So, Eric, I'm going to give you a chance. Let's do Boston Bruins who are still alive. If there's a couple that you'd like to share that would fall into this. I'm making the qualifier because Lord knows with this man, you just never know. It, it's just specifically my play collection. Yeah. We're talking player collections. Your team. You can pick anybody you like that fits. You got boxes beside you. Who do you like? Who do you want? Uh, well, the, my number one player that I've collected over the years and even got more stuff in the mail today is um, Reggie Lumlin. This is, this is a kind of a, an oversized card that's autographed by him. I got some more, he, he played for the Atlanta flames and the um, Calgary flames before he came to Boston. So we got some very large uh, Jersey pieces and um can i know, can i ask why autograph cards what what about him what about him uh made you want to collect him um 1987 he came to the boston bruins uh he did something that no other goalie had done in an extremely long time which was break the curse of the montreal canadians um so you have this guy that that was, you know, got Vezina Trophy votes up in Calgary. Um, Mike Vernon kind of took the number one spot from him. He came here and he, you know, broke a curse that seemed like it was never going to end. Um, the, the Canadians had, you know, many Hall of Fame players still on it. And, you know, with Patrick Waugh and Nett. And he can't, he's, he stood on his head 
and um, you know he got the majority of the credit. So ever since you know eighty seven, eighty eight, um, you know that year, I, I've just been a huge fan. Especially you know at the time I was like maybe like in I think eighth grade, so very impressionable. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, looked up to these guys because they were old, so much older than me. You know, and um, I just started collecting you know, everything with his face on, I used to, you know, cause there was no internet, you yeah. know, you couldn't, you know, download pictures or anything like that. You couldn't go, there was no eBay to buy stuff. And, you know, I didn't have a ton of money. Um, I would, you know, cut out articles and, and pictures of him that were in the newspapers. Mm -hmm. And I still have those today um, in my collection. You and know, today, things. now you go on the internet, find pictures of him there, and print those out and cut them out, just the same as before. Yeah, that's right. That's are they collage style with like different sized letters demanding? DNA? No. Okay. Have you ever seen the Unabomber Shack? It's oh. kind of like that, but with a lot of Reggie Lemon. Okay. But, you know, yeah. Devil Spend series back for Game Seven. I cut all these things out back when I was younger, and I still have them. He's got it with the multicolor construction paper. He's going old school there. With the you know, pastels, no less. It's, mm -hmm. it's you know, it's what I it's what I had back then, and I right decided instead of trying to upgrade it or or you know uh, leave it just like when I was a kid. You know, and there's still no. I still have more of it um, put away in the in the cabinets and things, and I said, yeah, I I, I could definitely make it look a lot nicer. But I'm like, no, I want to still be connected to that time in my life. So I said, no, nope, it's going to stay just the way it is. Makes Fair sense. Enough. Is there any oh. other uh, any other cards that you want to share before we get into the shameless Jason Robertson pump that is to come shortly? Oh, God, I don't have the energy for that. Um, hmm. me, yeah, I mean, I showed some of these new ones I just picked up. Um, yep. Autograph rookie. But, you know, I, I do have a few more that are pretty neat. So I'll just All show right. I'll give Eric a chance to grab a few just to just before because then once we get into the Jason Robertson pump time, then we're all gonna uh, sit back in the chair for a moment, <laughs> let him have his moment, and I'll finish off with some Ben's uh, to round us uh, out. So go ahead. There's um, you know, a piece of his stick on that one. Yeah, that's from Ingrained Remnants. Yeah. Yep. Here cool. is uh, on card autos of him and uh, Dan Bouchard. Nice. So nice. This is out of uh, let's see Panini. It's Dominion, yep. Yeah. Um, you'll see that this goalie stick that's on the wall is his, and it's autographed with plus a lot of his statistics that I had him put on it. So that's a gamer that's up there. Would you consider under the right circumstances, Eric, taking the stick, say, into the shop and doing like a TikTok or like an Instagram video? Because I heard that worked out well. 5% more mature. 5 you could like flail it around, you know, the, the, you could, you could try that. It's good enough for the Bobby Orr stick. It's good enough for that one. I think 5% more mature. 5% more mature. <laughs> I feel like he should repeat that as a mantra to himself. 5% more mature on my base. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. I mean, I have, obviously I have tons more of, of sure. things. Um, you know, the, the kind of the, the neatest thing is, is this picture of him when okay. he was, Drafted by um, the Flyers, he never played for them. But this is him at like 18 years old. He's 18 in that picture. Yeah, Wes, he's like 47 with a mortgage. Quick, uh, quick side, <laughs> quick side point. Quick side point. Help me out. Pimples all over his face. You can't tell, but he's got no man, no sir. and stuff. 
so, no, so, sir. so Eric, that, drive, Eric. that man drives a Buick. <laughs> <laughs> so, so real quick, and Wes is hitting on a very important point here. And Bobbles, help me out on this. One of my favorite things about seventies, whenever you look at pictures of them, I swear, like every man in the nineteen seventies is thirty-five. Yeah, <laughs> every every one of them in high school is thirty-five years old. They all wow. look like they're at least in their mid-thirties. All of them. A hundred percent. Yep. Maybe it was all the smoke and and uh, ozone layer holes and Maybe. hard living and cocaine. There, there was something going on there, Wes. So <laughs> yeah. there, I think that's a legit thing. Like at some yeah. point, they they all turned thirty five as soon as they hit eighteen. They, they all went straight to thirty five. Yeah. yeah. Skipped a couple of decades, but fair enough. Thank you, Eric. All right, here it is. The time what you've all been waiting for. It's time for the shameless Jason Robertson pump. pump Let's go and dump. Pump and dump. <laughs> well, first of all, come on, Johnny, say... come lately. I don't have enough. I don't have as much uh, to show as Wes does. That's a very impressive mm. Miro PC there, Wes. Thank you. Um, but no, obviously, as they stated, Jason Robertson is the guy I collect. Um, it's kind of a weird story to explain how I began collecting him, but I'm new to hockey and hockey collecting. Um it, it's also interesting, Wes said he chose Miro because it was a guy he could afford and he doesn't always go, you know, with the grain or the most popular guy or whatever. And I'm kind of the same way. Um, my big PCs in baseball are Victor Robles and Michael Taylor, not the two most expensive guys, but two guys that I've enjoyed watching when they were, well, Victor's still there, but when Taylor was at in Washington, and obviously, I've watched Victor since he was in minor league uh, high A ball. So they were affordable and guys that I connected with getting to watch them play. Robertson and how he came about, his 10th game of the season or of his career, he had a six-game point streak. And this was during the year of Alexi Lafrenet's young gun, and his hype, and everything else, and people were going after Lafreniere and the other guys, and here was this kid, Jason Robertson, 10 games into his career with a six-game point streak. I go on, and I start looking at his cards, and I'm like, I think at the time he was 22, so he was only like a year older or something like that than Lafreniere, but his cards were just cheap. Like, people, mm -hmm. people weren't really paying nothing for him, so I went on, and I purchased two copies, the only two copies that were available of the Silver Foil EPAC and two copies of the French. Mm -hmm. And I think I paid, I don't know, maybe 30 bucks for all four cards. Now, you can go look today. Things have changed. Yep. Um, unfortunately, though, the pandemic hit production slowed uh upper deck is way behind they just released his rookie year cup product this year and robertson started to show his potential the good news for me is i picked a guy before he was even talked about that turned out to be a budding star in the league the bad news is the lack of production meant that now his prices are at a premium and i couldn't build even an even better collection because of this, because of lost opportunity. So, so what you're saying is the um, upper deck guys conspired against you. 
to wreck they literally formulated an entire pandemic to prevent you from building the best Jason Robertson PC. That's next level, man. I mean, I, I can't blame it on them per se, but but can you truly say like, they had nothing to do with the bottles? I can't. They had nothing to do with the <laughs> pandemic, but the the delay in production makes no damn sense. Like <laughs> they're two years behind. At some point, you need to get caught up, and I like I don't know what they're going to do to do that. But anyway, hey, you wait until you check out some of his amazing third year cards in about five years. They're going to be amazing. You're going to blow your mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. I will also say Upper Deck, they pissed me off because the 21-22 products, I went out and purchased some without checking the checklist because I was so excited a new product came out. And somehow this budding star was omitted from the checklist. So I'm opening product excited and realized the guy I want isn't even in it. So that was kind of a, a kick in the groin there. Uh, but anyway, I'll show a few things. Um, obviously, you know, you got to have the regular young gun. Right. Mm -hmm. This is only a few bits and pieces. Um, you got to have the PMGs. There's there the regular. Yep. or and the There's retro. the regular. And mm -hmm. then there's the retro. Yep. The red PMGs. So um, just for the audio people, that's two red PMGs. You got two different ones, the retro version and the newer design at the time. You got to have the future watch. Yep. So I do have a future watch in the gas station yeah. pump. Yeah. The uh, custom, custom, custom holder with the gas station pump. Mwah. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Yep. Beautiful. And, and this card, you know, I know people talk about collecting and everything, but this is a prime example. His prices went up. Um, I didn't want to spend a fortune. This card does have a dinged corner. I wanted the card, so I bought the card itself. I didn't care about getting it graded or whatever. I just put it in a snap slab, and at least I own the card, um, and I got it at a discount. Then this one I did not think I was going to be able to get, but was able to get a Cup RPA, and it's actually a very decently graded Cup RPA um, with a pretty cool three-color patch in it. Um, so very happy to have gotten that one. And then Wes showed his um, Emerald Surge from Opeachy Platinum. Mm -hmm. This card is a funny story because there was an Emerald Surge auto out of 10 from Opeachy Platinum of Robertson up at the same time. This next card I'm about to show was also up and I had to make the choice which one did I want. And this card... I don't want to use a stupid cliche, but it spoke to me more than the autograph because just obtaining one of these in the history of these being, you know, from growing up through the 90s and stuff and the cool fact that it's somewhat of a nerdy way to do a jersey number. But here is the green retro PMG um, and it is two of 100 which if you're not familiar with the green PMGs, only the first 10 are green, then the other 90 are red. And the reason I say it's a nerdy way of being jersey number is they number them 002 and then it's 100. So you have the 21 dead in the middle for the jersey <laughs> number. This spoke to me more than the Emerald Surge Auto. Both are awesome cards though. Um, 
That's the coolest card. Very happy to have that one. But yeah, it kind of was a situation also uh, throughout my hobby life, really. I question my gut a lot of times or uh, I'll be too cheap to spend money on somebody that I actually have a feeling could be good. And then I miss the boat and it goes ahead and floats on away. Finally, I took the chance on somebody that I felt could, you know, could be something. And um, I was right. So I got on the ship a little bit early. Unfortunately, a lot of the product was delayed. So, yeah, I think you did well. Not too much pumping there for you guys, but Jason Robertson is my dude. There you go. (laughs) Oh, he's your dude. All right. Oh, yes. Yep. That's right. Yep. Thank you, Bubbles. Appreciate it. Well, five percent more mature. Mm, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm very happy that you that you've strained yourself with a five percent mature. You repeat the mantra to yourself, embrace it into your soul. <laughs> man of peace, Eric. Man of well, peace. Gonna, man of peace. Definitely gonna hammer you on Friday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so let me start. Uh, we're, we're right around the time we want to shoot for, so I'll quickly go through a couple of Jimmy Ben. Long story short, uh, he was a bridge guy to my main guy, Madano. And the last season Madano was in Dallas was actually his rookie season. So that's one great bridge that actually made him a very good logical choice going from one to the other. He's still playing for Dallas. He's the captain of Dallas, which is great. That's awesome that he's still playing this day. Had a little bit of a renaissance, you know, last season. Returned to 30-goal form. Look, I don't expect the man to win scoring titles ever again, but 30 goals, I'm happy. That's a good, solid, solid season for the guy. Hopefully, I'd love to see something similar to that this season. That'd be fantastic. But one of the things I did when he I started the collecting the only goal in the year. That is true. That is true. Yep. One of the keys thing when I started building the collection, though, is I started off with the idea. I started off with a narrower scope. I started off with the idea if I was going to do the rookie year stuff. So I took the checklist. The checklist, I think, is 101 cards, not counting one of ones. I don't count any of that stuff. You either have it or you don't. It's not necessary to put it on the checklist. It's redundant. So I focused on that first. And I think I've got about 67 or 68 out of the 101. So I've got the majority of the cards you can do for rookie year. So I'll show a couple of rookie year ones. I'll move a little back and forward in time, uh, but we'll zip through some stuff. 0910 Ultra had a couple of parallels to it, including the Ice Medallion. The Ice Medallion is out of 100. So these are actually really tough to come by. Very nice cards. They're fun cards. But then that's from his rookie year. Uh, Ice Medallion out of 100. Even in in Eric's favorite holder. Got the old Beckett. A lot of these ended up in a lot of these holders at the time. For whatever reason, that happened. Another one that's a bit sneaky. uh, 0910 MVP. So the gold scripts and MVP are always tough. Super scripts as well, of course. But anything uh, from gold script on down is always a little bit tricky, especially from those years. So here's the gold script for Jamie Benn as well. I've never seen that before. That's cool. Well, if if you want to say some, ask me nicely, I've got two of them. So hey, buddy, (laughs) we can always we can always talk. We can always talk. I when I saw the extra, I was like, I'm going to buy it because the price was right. So I grabbed a second. But uh, yeah, I've got one in a nine five and one that's not graded. So I've got two of them. Zipping ahead a little bit, and I'll come back to rookie year because there's some nice stuff in his rookie year. But let me let me touch on some memorabilia stuff. One thing we like in our hockey that doesn't get used a lot is Exquisite. Exquisite is a great uh, sub brand, if you will. So there's a nice patch from Exquisite. That is whenever nice you patch. Yeah, whenever we patch. use the old shoulder patch, that's always good. And here's a little love for you know this is for Paul since he loves his medals so much. Here's so here's the medal, the autograph from the same year the bobble showed, and then here is the green autograph. Out nice. of 10 from that. So here is the National Treasures. So it is the patch. It is jersey numbered as well. So they put that in there. That's nice. So these are five these cards were all consecutive. So I thought I would show those. That was five of five. 
Is that what that was? Yep. Yep. And let me go backwards a little bit here. This is probably one of the most interesting cards. Not for everybody, because I know Bobbles isn't a fan of part of this card, but a buddy of mine was able to get me a good deal on this one, so I thought it was great. This is from UD Premier, 1617. And this is the gear, which includes patch tag, two tags, patch pieces, and a button in the center. Wow. Now, the result of all that is a ridiculously thick card in order to make that accommodate that ridiculous holder of things. Oh, my goodness. In fairness, I know you're mentioning the button, and it yeah. wasn't the fact of the buttons on the card. It mm -hmm. was that there was four players, and two of them had the large part of the button, and two of them had the small part of the button. <laughs> and I just wish they had done all of the same piece of the button. Sure. No, that's fair. That's fair. So this one, they did a pretty good job making it you know, even, because like I said, it's two patches, two tags, and the button in the center. Yeah. So they designed that. And this one is out of three. So this is three of three. So pretty, pretty cool. good. Pretty cool. You got to have your limited logos, have a nice patch on there. That's always solid. Just making sure I zip through a little bit of this because there's a lot of variety of stuff, but I don't want to spend too much time. Where's, We've already... that, uh, where's that cup, Madonna, Ben card? That one is actually sitting in the Medano box. So okay. that one, Medano gets priority on that one, but that was a good call out. So thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. I'll quickly uh, go into the old Z folio here I mentioned. Mm. So I got some Opeachy Premiere there, some stuff. This one is actually the superscript uh, replica of the 9899, but this is actually the superscript version of it. And I wasn't joking when I said, oh, and by the way, the select from that year oh. was, uh, th those are pretty cards. Love that. Plus the green color match, which is always fancy. Yeah. This MVP is the black one. This is the out of five black one. So that's actually a really nice, fun card. Uh, I would recommend this for a lot of player collections. A lot of it is not too expensive. No. You got the EX. So I've got a couple of those. And then some that's prisms. Nice. Yeah, so we got that. Some the more look great. Yep, some more of the uh, platinums. A couple of different years of platinums, and uh, this is what. And then this year, platinum is actually really nice. I've got a, I've got eight of those, which is great. And then here, two PMGs. You got the <laughs> the red and the blue. <laughs> hey, Just I got some of those. Yes, yeah. yes, we know, we know, yeah. Eric. All right. Uh, so here's some seismic golds. Here's the seismic gold. Since we talked about those, a couple different years of them. I think I got a little run of them here. And then a, another PMG down there with the red. Got that. And then uh, you got a jambalaya over here. That's, That's nice. Agilana. And then one more PMG to round it out here. And another red PMG sitting in the Z folio. If you, you get know. the green, if you get the green, Ben, are you going to put it in the Z folio? No, the green one. Look, I left the, I left the green uh, in the box. Oh. So I'll put the green in the box. But look, I'm, I paid under 20 bucks for some of those PMGs. Like it's stupid how cheap they were. They are. All right. Let, let me show two more cards from the rookie year stuff and then we'll and then we'll wind her down. Uh, this is from uh, Opeachy Premier. Uh, this is Ben's rookie year. Like I said, I, I really made a lot of hay in his rookie year, but these are very pretty. I like these. Nice. So this one is a quad patch, but then they use the paint pen on there. That's oh. a variant of the jersey version. Beautiful cards. Beautiful cards. And when that's still the making them wear a visor. And that's the regular version to start off with. Already nice, but then you tack it on and make it and make it patches and then a little bit, you know, take it up a notch. So that's pretty Pops good. Nice. Uh, and let's go one more here. Got to have the cup RPA, of course. Got to have that. You know, it's mandated, it's required. And let's see here. Uh, we'll do. All right, we'll do this one to finish up. So this is from Ultimate. Again, rookie year, ultimate uh, rookie patch auto. Nice. Nice four. patch piece to go with. Three color, four yep. color. Dirty. Four color. And dirty. Yep. Nice. Yep. 
So that is out of 25, rookie year, on-card autograph, patch auto. There, there's a lot of stuff sitting in there. Like Out of this box, the entire one half is all rookie year stuff. Literally just rookie year, specifically, because I, I made a lot of hay with that early, and I was able to stack a lot of it, uh, which is great. But it's great when the player has a defined amount of cards. And I know where some of the like cup out of 14s are and stuff like that. So then I'm like, the, what they're asking for is like, yeah, no. We're not, we're not going to do that. <laughs> it's cute that you have it. It's great. I'm not going to go nuts for that. Again, great player. Enjoy watching him play, but I'm not paying premium price. He's not, he, he, he won a scoring, he won a scoring championship. Settle down. <laughs> I was paying nothing for most of these Ben cards, even the patch stuff and everything for years. Um, but I've been able to build a pretty solid collection. I, I can't complain. It's been a lot of fun and uh, it's still enjoyable finding them. So I think the key piece of this though, I wanted to highlight four different approaches, four different player collections and everything. It's been fun to do. The main reason that I keep doing the Ben one, even though it's not my main focus, I'll still look for stuff from time to time because it's still fun for me. I didn't show it off here because it's a Com C. I do have the green PMG for one of those ones that I showed. So it's a Com C, and in my next Com C mail day, I will add it to it, but it's going to go in the box. So that's, the green one will go in the box. It's okay. Good. Good. Well, outside of it, and it's funny that we're sitting here uh three stars fans on screen and eric and then eric and, eric. and we're showing all okay. of these pmgs and stuff and eric's pmgs you know eric's pmgs of course and yeah. i do have like i obviously showed the robertsons but i do have other stars like green and then to swing back full circle Thank from you, the 101 talk in the beginning here is the gold 101 yeah. now. He's no longer a star, Klingberg, but he'll retire the gold a star. 101 <laughs> PMG. So yeah. and then Pavs, obviously, green. But it's just funny that it's three of us and we're showing several of the greens, and there's only 10 greens. Yep. So <laughs> absolutely. Or are there? I don't know. What we've seen lately is that just because a card company says there's only this many. Yeah, there might be more. Look at you with the timely references. Look at you. Uh, Possible. In the in the past, they were pretty good about it, but no, Eric's right. It's a valid point. It's a valid point by him. But yes. Uh, so thank you, gentlemen. Uh, appreciate it. and Eric. Uh, appreciate uh, you sharing a lot of those cards. They were. Uh, it was a lot of fun to see a lot of different approaches on it. Uh, we we got Bobble Shameless, Jason Robertson, Pump. You know, he tried to keep it on the down low. Very subtle, very subtle by his standards. So we appreciate his restraint. We do appreciate that. Looking forward to seeing what the rest of the season holds. Uh, so best of luck to our teams, except for Eric's. <laughs> now it happens that three of our teams specifically align. So when I say best of luck to our teams, I mean <laughs> Dallas. Um, none of us really care about the Hindenburg. We have Vegas tomorrow night. The rematch from knocking us out from going to the cup. Mm. So mm. Perfect. Now, if you do have hockey card needs, bringing us all the way back to the conclusion here. We do have to look at our friends at AMG Collectibles. AMGcollectibles.ca, breaking, is on the verge of becoming a thing. And also on the AMG Collectibles YouTube channel, recording tomorrow, which will drop later on that day, we'll be talking about Series 1. So you're going to get Series 1. So you got Series 1, a little bit of hashtag scholarship tonight. But with Series 1, you're going to get the hobby shop perspective. It's going to be different because I'm going to be asking them about what it's like for them 
when the new series of flagship comes out, because that's a big deal. They order a lot of boxes of that stuff. So you're going to get their perspective about what they're looking forward to, what they're looking to see as part of it. And I'll even share with them a little hashtag scholarship so they can inform the people. Patrick Stefan, y'all. Patrick Stefan and Oleg Saprikin. Them's the OG young gun one of ones. Mm -hmm. Tell the tell the people. Tell yes, okay. you will see it on the AMG Collectibles channel. It will be for it will be Sherry and show folks from the shop who will be. And then as Eric shamelessly tries to pander to Sherry in the hopes that somehow this will affect the outcome of Reggie Lemon. Mm. It won't, but you know, I appreciate his attempt. Yeah. She's a wonderful woman. Yep. And she gave and she sent the cart my way and entrusted me to take care of it. I don't as... she did that. I believe that was done by a infiltrator in of the shop and possibly someone who uh was a previous owner mm, and yet sherry's the one who shipped it to me i don't believe it <laughs> believe what you will listen we've had a lot of conspiracies so you might, believe whatever so you want like you might need to ask your wife for a second bag of m and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. i think that's gonna help you but yes check out that channel where we'll talk a little bit more about that from that perspective that angle as well as what else is coming up in the shop Thank you again to AMG Collectibles for supporting the channel and the podcast. Wes, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. That was fun. I love Absolutely. seeing We got a little bit of time. We got a chance. To, yep. We got a chance to talk a little bit. Eric, we did talk about the hockey. So we did talk been, about the hockey. That was good. Yeah. We got to talk about the hockey's next week. We'll be back to a little bit more of a mix and match. We will still talk some hockey, but we'll also talk a little bit more about what's going on in NFL and what else is coming up in our minds and a general hobby topic as we generally do as well. If you have questions or comments in the comments section, it is appreciated because it also gives us a little direction. So feel free to share that with us as well. And more videos coming up on the channel live streams on Friday at 8 PM Eastern standard time where we are 5% less mature. Oh, most definitely. Mm -hmm. Quick question. If, yes. if you've made it this far watching slash listening, quick question to the audience slash viewers. Should we all learn uh, pickleball and talk pickleball? Because how in the hell is that sport taking a prime slot on Sundays on ESPN? The actual, not the Ocho, the actual ESPN. So should we try to figure out pickleball? Leaf's got a new set coming out. Maybe it's the next big thing. We don't know. Let us know. Should we talk pickleball? We should not talk pickleball because everybody already plays pickleball. Uh, <laughs> and nobody cares about professional pickleball, but it does exist. And it has for a while. I, I just couldn't believe there was perfect. Look, I don't want to extend the, the podcast more either. than we have. I didn't know. Uh, but like, just, just for the record, <laughs> I until that product was shown to me, the image, I didn't know the professional pickleball existed. Yeah. Who is playing? Is it like a failed tennis star? Like who is actually playing professional pickleball? Dude, is I it Eric? Is it Eric and Monica Sellis? Like who, who <laughs> have we got? There is one match I've watched, and I won't watch any others, and that was Johnny Mac versus Andre Agassi. Oh, okay. In pickleball? Yeah, yeah. I, I there's no way I'll ever watch. I don't watch tennis. I don't play tennis, but I've played pickleball, <laughs> and I like playing pickleball. I have no interest in watching other people play it. Well, the, the, Unless it's look, Johnny Mac and Andre Agassi, then well, I mean, that was yeah. a good time. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Sure. Look, all I'm going to say is, and I'll, I'll wander down on this. Uh, there's a lot of racket sports that you might enjoy playing. When I was in university, we had a squash court, and it was actually a lot of fun to play squash, especially when you learn how to bounce it off and make your buddy run into the wall. I'm not saying I did that, but I'm saying if you were to acquire such a technique and use it liberally for your amusement, um, to say that you're bloodlust, not unlike Eric, um, you know that's fun doesn't mean i would watch it it doesn't mean i would have any interest whatsoever in observing this other yeah. people doing it great exercise though you know wonderful exercise but that's a completely yeah. different thing it's just boomer ping pong that's all wow 
<laughs> I, I, see, I like that take. That was solid. And if you want other beautiful takes like that, you can see the dub cards on Instagram. Check it out. And you can also see some of the other elements of the collection. He also is a, I think, Zach Martin. Yes. Zach Big, Martin collector as well. So you get a chance to see a lot of that yeah. as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's correct. On the Instagram. So again, thank you, Wes, for joining us. Bobbles, thank you for joining us as always. Eric, you're here. Well, thanks, yep. guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. So until the next time, thank you all for checking it out. Leave comments, like, subscribe, all the good stuff. We'll see you later.